Welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga, a podcast for the body, heart, and mind. And we're so thrilled to have Sheba Chaco back with us again. She's talking about imposter syndrome for types 8, 9, 1, 2, and 3. Sheba is a licensed therapist and TEDx speaker. If you have not heard her TEDx talk, I highly commend it to you. It's about imposter syndrome. You can go to YouTube and find it there. If you're looking for a licensed therapist, you can find Sheba on Psychology Today. She sees clients virtually, so I would encourage you to go check that out. Psychology Today is where you can find her profile. Also, if you live in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area, Sheba is going to be leading a Lunch and Learn event. She's collaborating with the Chattanooga Women's Leadership Institute. And the event is April the 25th at Chattanooga State. It's from 11.30 to 1, so it's a lunch and learn event. She's going to be talking about self-awareness. So you can find more information at cwli.org. I also will be leading an event for them next month, and that event will be about meditation. So you can also find out more about that event at cwli.org. So let's dive back into the last part of our interview. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. and that's true. I think once most people dive deeper into the Enneagram, like Kat said, mm-hmm. um, you realize, ooh, these these arrows are powerful and mm-hmm. I can go to the high or low side of them. Mm-hmm. Like I you know, four is my healthy arrow but I can be very sensitive, mm. you know, very sensitive like a four. So I can, I can show those unhealthy parts of the four and, and the Enneagram would say, yeah, those arrows are powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, let's actually go backwards now and, and look at our three and then we'll move back around yeah. to the eight. Um, all right, you want me to do the three? All right, so I will do the three. Um, so for the three, and I'm married to a three, so um, what they're running towards success, achievement, um, you know, they, they perform, they want to uh, show up with a certain image. Status is often important to a three, unless they're the counter type, which is, again, a self-preservation type for the three. Um, but what they're running away from often is a lot of, of shame. And, and just feeling like they're not loved for who they are. There's often a childhood story for the three uh, where their parents said, you will be loved if you become a doctor. Mm-hmm. You will be loved mm-hmm. if you become a pro love. football player. Yes, it's very conditional. Um, and often when I'm meeting with threes, I hear those stories. Um, so, But to be loved for who you are, and to find your true authentic self, that is the work mm-hmm. of the four. So mm-hmm. they're running towards, for the three, for the sorry, three. Yeah. for the three. Um, yeah, so that's our three. Any so the thoughts? idea is um, follow the script to be loved. Yeah. the paradox is that you never end up feeling loved, even if you follow the script perfectly. Yes, yeah. And so then when you stop following the script, when you stop being a chameleon and showing up to be who your parents want you to be, or who others want you to be, and you find your true self, that's when the three starts to heal. Mm. Yeah, so. Do you want to do the two? We never do do opposite like this. I love a two. (laughs) So what twos are running towards is love? Yeah. 
they think that that's the driver into the universe that is the most important thing. Would you mm-hmm. agree? Oh yeah, relationships. Relationships. Love. I want to be. I want to be seen. I, I want to be yeah. seen as like the helpful one. Yeah. 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 And running away from the shame and fear of mm-hmm. not having it mm-hmm. because you are not you yourself are not loving enough or helping enough or caring enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've also heard that twos often give what they secretly want. Yes. Do you relate to that? Yes, yes, yes. That um, that often we're being very generous mm-hmm. and giving a lot of presents and giving mm-hmm. a lot of compliments mm-hmm. because we don't feel like and we praise. truly are loved. Yeah, yeah. We give a lot of praise. Yeah, we're very you good at that. You say oftentimes, too, we say, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I'm so yeah. proud of you. Well, and and also that's connected to not getting enough of that in our childhood. Yeah. We had to become the helper because, um, you know, maybe our story was similar to mine, that the, the parents were under-functioning in yeah. some ways. And so w- one time, when I was in college... One of my boyfriends at the time, he said, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And I I remember how much I soaked that up. Mm-hmm. And I needed to hear that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I've been mm-hmm. the person who says I love you, who says I'm proud of you. Because mm-hmm. not that my parents, my parents loved me. Even mm-hmm. though my dad was an alcoholic, he wasn't like a crappy alcoholic. He loved me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I did get love. And my mom as well. Like, right. I've, I've been well-loved by my parents, but they were, it was an alcoholic with a codependent wife who had some depression. And mm-hmm. so I didn't necessarily get enough of it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I live out of that deprivation, right? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it fascinating that you could be loved and not supported? Yes. Yes. <gasps> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you can have an affection for someone. Yeah. You can even show care for someone, but that doesn't mean that, like, you have the tools to specifically meet them where they're at in the ways that they understand and receive support. Yeah. Yeah. So someone could even send you the best of their intentions, and if it's just not wired for the way that you receive, you, yeah, then it's not going to compute, and then you'll end up feeling alienated and isolated, maybe even more shame sometimes, or, yeah. or more feeling bad, because it's like, I know you're trying, but I can't take it in for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. not compatible Yeah. for like what you might have needed. And a paradox I was thinking of as we're talking about the two, it's like, you're you're giving unconsciously and hope to receive. Right. But the paradox to me is like what you end up doing is training people to be receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to talk about one talking about enabling. Absolutely right. That's exactly what we're doing. You know, when Christy said it, you soaked up when you've heard, I'm so proud of you. You know, that my favorite thing to hear is like, I see you working so hard. I see you trying so hard. And I'm like, oh, oh yes. yes. I have I have come to the top of the mountain. I can die happy now. <laughs> but you're you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You know, it is just and ones don't want to work so hard because it's so fucking exhausting. Yet we continue to do it to be loved so everybody else can just chill out yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and love us for working so hard and yeah. trying so hard and making no mistakes and doing things right the first time and being overly responsible. And I got everybody. You just sit back and relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when we are internally are so 
heard by why am I the only one? Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, what are they running towards? Reforming yeah. the world, perfecting the world, organizing the world. What are they running away from? It's often a lot of shame, and I know it's a little bit different for you, guilt. but for a lot of ones, either shame or guilt of I'm not enough, I am a mistake, I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they're running away from. And often they're running away, there's an inner critic, you know, that's really hard on themselves. The inner and critic so if they're, if they're busy, and if they're doing all these things, the inner critic is still there, but it's not quite as loud. So they can run away from that as the well. The inner critic and inner judge that, yeah. that, you know, let the record show type thing. It's, you know, very black and white. It's, you know, judging us, judging us of themselves and spills out to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another thing that I'm thinking about, because, you know, mm-hmm. we started with this definition of imposter syndrome, how all the numbers are imposters in their own way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been looking at the paradoxes and the and the ways in which the act of doing more is an attempt to stop, uh, stop feeling like yeah. less. Mm-hmm. And then you brought up the word enabling. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about how all the numbers in some ways, mm-hmm. by over-functioning in one area, is actually enabling other things. Yeah. To continue in an undesirable way. That we don't want to start with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do the nine? Yes, let's do the nine. So nine runs towards the peace. The peace in the ease of life, Mm -hmm. internally and externally. Mm -hmm. Um, The absence of conflict. You know, it's very similar to the seven. When seven wants absence of unhappiness... Uh, nine wants mm-hmm. the absence of conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, you know, that's very painful for them. Um, and then I guess what they're running away from is their anger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because anger means conflict. It yeah. means disruption. It means, uh, you know, it's a complete opposite of peace. And their voice, they're running yes. away from their voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because they minimize themselves, they mm-hmm. diminish themselves. They're running away from their power, mm-hmm. you know, in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've heard about nines and probably what's a growth point for them is the difference of being a peacekeeper to becoming a peacemaker. Right. Yeah, yeah. And because a lot of times also peacekeeping isn't a true peace. It's like a false... Illusion of the peace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Creating an yes. illusion of the peace just for the sake of things mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. peaceful. And so, not, they, yeah. so they think they want peace, but what they really want is a lack of discomfort. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yeah. if you want true peace, then it's not about the absence of conflict. It's about, because the thing is, like, there's no growth if there's no conflict. If mm-hmm. there's no friction, if there's no tension, then everything just, like, stays stagnant, you know? Mm-hmm. But instead of the, the absence of conflict, I think what it is is, like, again, they're not resourced to do the rupture. Right. To see the repair and to see how that actually expands and grows and elevates. Right. Mm-hmm. And improves, like, peace. Peace, exactly. And that's yeah. the thing, because they were never taught how to resolve a conflict. And they seem so easy going from the outside, but often from the inside, working with nines, there's a lot of inner conflict and a lot of anxiety that comes up from all the people pleasing, like you talked about earlier, those three Ps. I mean, it's, it produces a lot of anxiety, but when they start to set boundaries and when they find their voice 
and when they run towards the conflict that you were talking mm-hmm. about so beautifully, that's when they find their healing, mm-hmm. right? I think they could be amazing mediators and diplomats and mm-hmm. ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because they turn from peacekeeping to peacemaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's finish with the eight. Let's round it off. We with made the eight. eight. Let's wait till the very last. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they are still strong, right? But it, that's what they're running towards. They're running towards control, power, strength, mm-hmm. protection, mm-hmm. and often for the eight, there's a story of abandonment. Mm-hmm. There's a story of um, you know feeling really hurt, either by a parent or by maybe a bully at school. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, our childhood wounds are not always connected to our family. Mm-hmm. They, they sometimes are, and there's often a story there, but sometimes it's something that happened with a school at kid, a kid at school. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and so, um, and so what they're running away from is based on that childhood story. They're running away from vulnerability. They're running away from anything weak. Um, and, and so instead they run towards the power and they're running from the admission of, yeah, that hurt. Yes. Yes. yes that wounded me. Yes. The, 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 even to admit to themselves yes. that somebody or something can hurt them and wound them and traumatize them mm-hmm. is I think talking about the repression. Mm-hmm. It's so repressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to, acknowledge that hurt and to practice vulnerability when an eight can start to do that they open themselves back up to the world because they struggle a lot with trust Mm -hmm. and so when they open themselves back up to the world oh man they just become just powerful in a healthy way right and to sheba's point exactly how do you acknowledge the trauma you hurt me it made me feel terrible how do i repair it Mm. and that gives you more power and you're saying what the aid is doing is in denial of all those three things yeah that well not only that but also they try to assert more control more power to Mm. inflate that sense of you can't penetrate my armor i'm too strong you can't you can't touch me Mm. in any kind of way you can do whatever you want to do I am still in control. I'm still, you know, unheard. You you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't. And the truth is, it's possible. Yeah. Life hurts. One thing, too, Brene Brown talks a lot about what we do when we feel shame. Yeah. And, and the Enneagram talks about that as well. And I would think that that would be, that would correlate with imposter syndrome as well. Mm-hmm. So she talks about, you know, moving away. Mm-hmm moving against mm-hmm. and moving towards right right those three types and so we've got the seven the eight and the three and they tend to move against although they can do the others as well mm-hmm. because their arrows are involved and then we have the five the four and the nine and they withdraw mm-hmm. and then we have what we have left so we've got the two and the one mm-hmm. And the six, or the t- yeah, the yes. two, the one, and the six, mm-hmm. and they are the moving towards types. Right. Um, and so, and so, you know, when you feel that sense of doubt, I'm a fraud, I'm not enough. Um, you might tend to respond by doing one of those three, um, and it may be that you do all of those three 
if you've really had a lot of trauma in your background, mm-hmm. you know, it may be that you use all of them, mm-hmm. but the Enneagram would say that there's a greater propensity mm-hmm. for certain types to use one or the other. Mm. Um, so when it comes to pain or discomfort, I find this really helpful actually to look at things in terms of against, um, withdraw or toward. Another way that I'm stacking it, so for the sevens, eights, and threes who move against, it's as though they want to overpower their environment yes. right, to manage pain and discomfort. Mm-hmm. And then when I look at fives, fours, and nines, it's as though they withdraw or they disengage. Mm-hmm. Yep. They disconnect. So again, the pain or the overwhelm or the levels of stimulation, some people squash it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people get away from mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then others try to close the gap. So you're yeah. not overpowering, you're not disconnecting, you're trying to build a bridge yeah. to fill yeah. in the space yeah. to yeah. manage the levels of overwhelm. And yeah. a lot of this is also attachment theory stuff. So yeah. we definitely need to do a <laughs> second This has been so this much has fun. Been tremendous. <laughs> tremendous. Shabba, yeah. can you tell our listeners where to find you, where to find your TED Talk? Just brag on yourself. I know oh, that's hard no. for all of us when oh, we no. have this. Speed of imposter syndrome. This is a brag on you time. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll frame it in terms of resources and how to connect with me if you'd like to. Um, I do have an Instagram, Fearless Permission. Um, You'll see me put content up there for anxious achievers, especially about people-pleasing, procrastination, perfectionism, imposter syndrome, relationships, um, high-functioning anxiety. All of that's there on my Instagram handle, Fearless Permission. Um, I have a Psychology Today profile if you're curious about the work that I do as a therapist, as an anxiety relief therapist, a little bit more about my frame and my mindset. Um, Other than that, I actually don't have a website. Um, I'm surprised I've gotten this far without really having one. Um, But I guess word of mouth works in terms of getting connected (laughs) with clientele and, you know. Um, been in the field for about a decade now mm-hmm. and started specializing specifically in anxious achievers and taking this imposter syndrome angle since about 2018 when I went into my own version of, of burnout. Yeah. Um, and that's where I talk about it in my TED Talk. So, uh, yes, my TED Talk. We'll just say that's what it was. <laughs> um, you can find me on YouTube, um, Imposter Syndrome. It's not you. It's what happened to you. And if I'm going to ask for anything, please go and like it if you find it to be helpful. Please share it. It's right about 1,000 views right now, Mm -hmm. but I would love for it to get some attention Mm -hmm. because, again, I'm here to say it's not just you, the individual. Mm -hmm. There is something bigger at play, and the missing piece is relational trauma. Mm -hmm. And if we can do relational trauma, and if we can repair ruptures within ourselves, amongst one another then we can dream together and come up with a different way a better way a more whole way that supports the wide variety Mm -hmm. of like all our different types all our different personalities all our different you know backgrounds this that whatever it's just you know it's not all the answers but it's a different direction and a different perspective so that is my ask Yes. yes, go like her TED Talk. I, if you, you know, relate yeah. oh, and you, really you, like, you will like it. <laughs> I loved it. I thought I thought you were so easy to relate to, but also so knowledgeable. So I thought it was fantastic. So you've got to listen that. to that. Yes. Um, there's obviously lots more of her story that she shares in her, her TED Talk that we didn't have time for today. So I want you to hear it, to hear her story as well. 
but um, thank really you, Sheba. for everyone who's thank hung out you. this long to hear the, thank you know, to the yeah. end of it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Stay tuned for a short meditation right after a word from our sponsor. I recently took my daughter Isabel to Ruby Falls for the first time. Ruby Falls is a cave that's located on Lookout Mountain, Tennessee. And when you walk through the cave, at the end of the cave, there's a beautiful waterfall. And when she saw the waterfall, she looked up at me with a grin full of life and said, this is amazing, Mom. And the meditation that I want to lead us in today is a meditation that I hope will inspire you to be more amazed by life, by even the magnificence of yourself, so that you could abide in that mindful amazement. So let's start with finding a comfortable position and just find a few deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. And if you're able to invite your feet to ground down into the earth beneath you, notice your feet connected to the earth and see if you can relax into your breath and just feel the level of your relaxation grow with each and every breath. Notice the air coming in and going out of your body. Feel your chest and your stomach rise and fall. And take a moment to focus on your skin. Think of it. Touch your hand to your skin and notice what it feels like. Notice without judgment. And just find that rhythm of the breath. And as you breathe in and out, imagine opening up your awareness to how connected you are to not just your skin, but to everything in the environment. You are connected. You are present to the abundance of life. You are amazing life is amazing and you are connected to it all continue to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth and in your mind's eye and in your heart think to yourself these words you are amazing say these words out loud i am amazing hear the words open your mind and consider believing i am amazing keep breathing in and out and one more time say out loud i am amazing Now say, life is amazing. 
I am connected. I am connected to the fullness of life. I am amazing. One more time, repeating after me. I am connected. I am connected to the fullness of life. I am amazing. And take a moment again to touch a hand to your skin, to notice your skin, to notice even maybe the energy in the space. Breathe in and out. And repeat after me, I am here now. I am connected. I am connected to the fullness of life. I am amazing. Life is amazing. Find a deep breath in and a big breath out. And remind yourself that you are indeed amazing. And also remind yourself that to be mindful is to constantly be amazed by life. Let's see if we can tune into that feeling today. Namaste.